Friday and Saturday. I, I said this last week. Here's my ask. Would you find one hour somewhere? If you wake up in the middle of the night, middle of the night, can't go back to sleep, go down to Mona and get in the, in the tent. If, uh, if, you, if you're out and about um, doing, a, um, you know, running errands and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go grab a half hour or an hour at the tent. Go just, uh, would, you know, if you're if after dinner and you normally watch an hour of TV, go and pray for an hour at the tent, Mona parking lot, come and be a part of, of uh, Awaken the Dawn, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's, a, it's not just a city thing, not just a regional thing. It's a national movement of prayer seeking uh, for another great awakening that God would move in this country. Amen? Amen, amen. All right, well, I say amen. Amen? Amen. amen. All right, good. Hey, we're, we are, I'm going to actually finish up our Roman series today, and um, and. And it'll be a little bit different because did you did you are you raising your hand in the middle of my sermon? <laughs> oh, happy birthday to you! <laughs> Praise God! For sure, glad you were born. Thank you, thank you. you are, our world is better because of it. Not joking, not joking. And it's great that you have a mom that would stop me right in the middle of my of my message because you know, she loves you. I love you. All eyes on you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Ellie, happy birthday to you. All right, and that's recorded also, so that's going to go around the world, and you're famous now. We're in Romans uh, chapter 15 and 16, a little bit different, there's a um, I'm just gonna. I'm just pulling out two verses: one from chapter 15, one from chapter 16, and then I'm just gonna. I'm gonna share um, more of a theme that I that I picked up on. I I, I think this might bless you today. Um, th- here's two verses. The first one in Romans 15, verse 33, says this: "The God of peace be with you all." Amen. I just I I, I like that when Paul says this. He's the God of peace. And there's all kinds of descriptions of God, all kinds of different names of God. He doesn't, he, he doesn't stop being one thing to be another. He is completely all um, in his character and attributes at one time. It's hard for us to, to do it all at one time. God just operates fully in every part of who he is at once. He is always a God of peace. Always. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. And then watch this in, in Romans 16, verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. I, I, I've always loved this verse for a lot of reasons. One, I'm just like, ah, that, that kind of doesn't look like peace to me, right? The God of peace will soon crush <laughs> ah, Satan. I, I, I love the picture there. No, it's peace. He's, he's you know, when, when sometimes we think of peace, we think of like little lamb, little lamb, right? You know, oh, cuddly, cute, right? And, and uh, he is a lion. And he fights for peace. He creates peace in environments. But I love this because he doesn't just, he's not just the God of peace. He's a God of peace that's going to crush Satan, and how's he going to do it? He's going to do it under my feet. And it's like, man, in some ways, I get the credit for what he did. 
It's like the it's it's like the the little uh, scrawny junior hire that's uh, that's that's in the hallway at school and and the bullies are coming and 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 he's like oh, and all of a sudden the bullies start to back away and he's like yeah 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 right and he doesn't realize that the that there's this big tall kid or something and and the bullies are afraid of what's behind him right man that's what happens with us and god the god of peace will soon crush satan under your feet you 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 might even think man look at i did i I did that he's like i did that i did that and i happened to use your foot (laughs) to squash him like a little bug I don't know if, uh, if, if it's just me. I would imagine in a room this size that, that there's more than one person that has struggled with um, fear, stress, anxiety. Um, I would imagine that there's been opportunities for a lack of peace at times in your life, whether it be circumstantial, there might have been something out of your control, there may have been, may have been because of a person, may have been your fault. Um, how many know if you don't have enough money in the bank account, there, it, it, sometimes it, it's hard to have peace, right? I mean, like there's all kinds of, we, we could t- if there's stuff going on in your marriage and stuff going on in parenting and stuff, stuff going on, uh, uh, man, is it just me or when, uh, uh, you know, when there's an opportunity for like my heart to raise and for there to be any type of, it's like it's at night when I'm getting ready to go to bed. It's like the enemy hates your night watch. <laughs> he he hates uh, people having rest for some reason. It's like it's usually not like at noon when I'm getting ready to eat a Big Mac or something. It's usually like at, at you know at night when I'm getting ready to go to bed. I don't know if that's just you, but it, but it's me. And and he man, uh, I, now I know this is super encouraging. I say this all the time, but you know the enemy hates your guts and has a horrible plan for your life. You know you can write that down. You can quote me if you want. Like he, he, and, and so I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about peace, but, um, but really the battle for peace. Uh, in, in my life, I have found that even as I have had more and more responsibility in life, um, whether it be um, getting married and having kids or whether it be eventually being, being the lead pastor at this church or whatever, the, the more that I've had um, more and more responsibility, it seems like there's been more and more opportunity for, for there to be lack of peace. And, and a lot of it has to do with the verse that says, uh, uh, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is, what? Stayed or steadfast on him. And when there's so much going on, isn't it easy? Is it just me or is it you too? Isn't it easy to, to start to take matters into your own hands and start to do things in your own strength? And, and then you're wondering why, man, I don't feel like there's peace in my life is it it's it's you two both of us good good we'll we'll talk we'll talk to each other right now um there's been there's been different uh, different um opportunities that i've had to be whether it be individual um um, situations or or corporate situations where there was a a lack of peace um there's been times in in the home where there's been a lack of peace there's been times uh, i remember a, a time corporately and i and i've probably shared this in here before but i'll share it again um one time i was leading a um uh, an internship program called master's commission and i was uh, i was at home it, i don't know why i was still up but it might have been like 11 or, or 12 at night and um probably getting ready to go to bed and i got a phone call and it's one of those where you're just like should I screen it or should I take it, you know, whatever, and so I, I, I ended up taking it that time, you know, and I took it, and it was one of the students, they were living at the, at the building that we had for them, and they're like, Pastor Jonathan, come quick, I'm like, well, tell me what's going on, they're like, like, I don't even know, there's like, there's like demons, and 
and stuff. Uh, like, it, it's, it's bad, and people are doing, like, uh, we don't know what to do. We need you. I'm like, I'm like just pray. Just pray real hard, you know. And so I, so I, uh, I, I get in the car and drive. It was, it's like, you know, like a mile or two miles away from where I was living at the time and come over there. And I walk in, and it, and it just seemed like a, like a war zone, um, actually. It was chaos. Like the, the, the big uh, 300, 350, I'm not even lying, I'm probably, he's probably more, but probably 350 pound uh, uh, young man, and he was like a teddy bear, and, and he was the sweetest thing ever, and he was banging his head like on the ground and cussing, and I never heard him cuss before. I'm like, I, I didn't even know you knew those words. And I mean, it was like, it was it was crazy. It was really crazy. So other people, like, they gripped in fear and just like, it was like, you know, if you've ever just walked down a dark alley by yourself and you're like pretty sure something's hiding behind the dumpster and you're like, like that type of fear, they were just gripped with fear. And I'm like, what, what is going on? And people are just, it was a chaotic scene. And some of the students, uh, they said, Pastor Jonathan, like we looked out the window and it looked like there was like an army of Satan surrounding the building. And, uh, I've never been one that really, that really sees visually in the spirit, um, but I could feel and feel what was going on. But they were seeing all of this stuff, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And, and they, so uh, I, I would go, and I, and I, you know, walk in authority, and just like you, right? And I would just, you know, take authority over this thing and kind of shut it down and be like, okay, and then went over to this, this young girl over here and, and take authority over that and shut it down. And then, that, and then he started doing whatever he was doing again. I'm like, knock it off! And I'd go over to this one over here and, and try to, try to bring, bring peace to the situation, and then she's going off again, and he's still banging his head. I'm like, come on! True story. <laughs> Finally, I was just like, guys, this is ridiculous. Everybody in the room, and we had, the, had kind of a meeting room, a little sanctuary. It was an old, an old church that we, uh, that we were using for our internship program. And brought everybody in the, in the middle into the, into the sanctuary, and we were just like, hey, guys, there's, there's power in unity here, <laughs> right? There's multiplication in, in prayer. We're going to hold hands, and we're going to pray over this place, and we're going we're gonna to contend for peace. <laughs> and we did. We contended for peace, and it was, it was great. And, we, and then we, we prayer walked the building. I think it was like 3 in the morning, and I felt like, okay, I think, I think everything, everybody's ready to go to bed, and I think we're good. And um, went home. I heard the next day um, someone called me and said, when you left, like, we were just in worship, and there, and you know, there was no no sound or any, no like uh, not, um, like sound equipment, where they were just just worshiping, and they heard the the voice of angels singing with them. The, the angelic realm came and just started ministering, and just the peace of God over the place. I mean, hey, if you're going to believe in, in in spiritual warfare in the demonic, you better also believe that God likes to show up with angels. How many would like to have angels, right? So it's just an, an incredible, it's, it's, it's always been a visual to me of, of, the, uh, of spiritual warfare, of the two sides, of what God wants to do and what the enemy wants to do. He does that in a corporate setting. He does that individually. And um, how many would like to have peace? How many would like to have peace and be able to have so much peace that you're able to actually give some away? Well, it's actually biblical. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, here's the thought today. Peace isn't just the absence of conflict. In fact, it is often the fruit of pressing through conflict. Peace isn't just the absence of conflict. In fact, when we think of peace, we often just think, if this situation could just go away. <sighs> I could, right? 
If, and you, you're probably even thinking of the one thing or the one person. <laughs> and you're, you're thinking like, if that person would just go away or if they would just be quiet or if the situation could just be resolved. If it could be resolved without me talking to them, you know, oh, that would be so much, that would be so much, I'd feel so much lighter, right? If I could just have a little bit more in my account, if I could just have, whatever. And so we usually we think of peace as the absence of, of conflict. And, and, and really what, what it is, it's, it's usually the result of pressing through. It's really the result of, of the fight, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. True peace can actually be realized in the midst of conflict and has the power to restore things. Peace, his peace, has the power to restore things and set things right when sown into an environment. It's really interesting. There's, uh, there's two words for peace in the Bible. In the Old Testament, or in the Old, let's see. In the Old Testament, it is uh, um, the word shalom. In fact, when I, was in, when I was in Israel, it was really common. Maybe, maybe you've seen it on TV or somebody been around. Have you ever been greeted and someone shook your hand and, and what did they say? Shalom. Shalom. Yeah, and, and so it, it was really, in fact, on, on uh, Friday evening through, through Saturday evening, they would, they would uh, um, extend the greeting and it would be, do you guys know? Shabbat Shalom, and and uh, it, so peace over over your Sabbath, and um, and so th- but they, it, it was just common. And now it's gotten so common that I think even even Orthodox Jews don't even don't even uh, quite uh, connect the power behind the word. It becomes just a, a saying like "peace be with you." But but this is what it actually means. Shalom. It, it, when when that word peace in the in the Hebrew in the Old Testament it actually means this. It means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare, favorable. It has to do with, with health. It has to do with prosperity. It has to do with safety and security. Um, all of those types of things, wholeness and well-being. Like, it's more than just the absence of conflict. It's like, like every, every bit of who God is, could he invade your space and, and make wrong things right and, and bring things up to a higher level? Like, like shalom, it, when they're saying shalom, it's not just, hey, I, I, I wish that you don't have any bad things happen today. It's, no, it's like the, the God of peace invade your space. In the in the New Testament, there was a there's a word for peace, and it was it was similar to shalom, but it was different. This, the word for peace in the in the New Testament is Irene, and it means peace between individuals, harmony, security, safety, prosperity, quietness, rest. And so, what I want to talk for a few minutes this morning is that is that we would uh, not just be seeking that that our situation would would just get better and and that and that you know, and that our conflict would go away, but that his peace, which how many know, surpasses all understanding, would flood our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that, that it'd be more than just the absence of conflict, but even in the midst of conflict, that I could walk in peace, and, and it'd be more than just, oh, my heart's not racing anymore, but it would include safety and security and provision and, and all of these things, harmony and relationships, that it would be the, uh, the kingdom of heaven invading your space there's a difference between an inner peace and an environmental peace as believers we have access to inner supernatural peace if you're a believer and god is in you there's never been one moment when he didn't operate in peace 
he, he has peace and he has peace to give. There's a supernatural peace that you have access to. But we also have the ability and the obligation to sow peace into the environments around us. And so let's, I want to talk, I want to um, kind of answer this question, and, and uh, obviously you can go deep and wide on some of this, but I just want to, um, I want to give you maybe a few, a few things that maybe might, might help you. Here's this question, what is my responsibility when it comes to peace? You know, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. As a Christian, you don't get to just have your ticket to heaven and, and, and then just kind of sit and wait till I, wait till you go there <laughs> like there's responsibility as a as a believer I, I think that part of the reason why there's so much discord and lack of peace in our country and in our world is because Christians aren't doing their part I think some of the reason why we have so much going on in our world is it, we, we yell at the darkness and like the darkness is so bad. Yeah, it is. But the darkness is really just because there's an absence of light, right? And so if we started to recognize what we carry and, we, and it's, it's hard when uh, even in the Christian camp, we don't really, we have, a, we have a theology about peace, but we don't walk in peace. Even in the Christian camp this isn't just a uh, hey uh, here's some tools for you to tell your neighbor no this is like for us who who should have access to peace now guess what i know and this is just where i'm at and you may be at a different place and that's okay um we can wrestle with theology and all this but where i'm at is just like i don't believe that every single sickness and disease and and ailment is demonic I believe that a good a lot of it is. How many, how many know that the enemy hates your guts? And and if you open a door to certain things, that, that sometimes sickness and disease come with it. Um, and so there's a lot of it is. I don't believe everyone everyone is. Just like that, um, uh, I I think a good portion of fear and anxiety and stress um, isn't uh, is is totally demonic. And we should be able to take authority of it, over it and get it out. And I also know that there's some physical things in people's bodies, and it's still not from God, and God wants to heal that too. So if it's physical, he wants to bring healing. If it's spiritual, he wants to bring deliverance. And that's kind of, kind of where I'm at when I'm working with somebody. And I, a lot of the time, a lot of the time it's spiritual. And even in the Christian camp, like, we struggle probably as much sometimes as the world with with anxiety and stress and fear. And we should be the ones, so I'm not shooting this at anybody, if, if I'm not, if this, but I'm just saying, we should be the ones setting the example. In fact, not just setting the example, we should be the ones carrying it into the world around us and depositing, giving. We'll see a verse later where, it, where the Bible says that, that they were able to give their peace away. But if, we're, but if we're not operating it, not recognizing it, we don't, you can't give away what you don't have. So what's my responsibility when it comes to peace? Here, here n- number one is, is recognize. I want you to recognize this. What, what do you want to rec- I want you to recognize that it's first a spiritual battle. Could we, could we just say primarily, number one, when we're talking about peace, whether it be in my home, whether it be in my church, whether it be in my marriage or in my workplace, it is first a spiritual battle. It's, in fact, I believe it's always first. A spiritual battle 
uh, Ephesians chapter 6 puts it this way. Paul was talking to the church in Ephesians, and he says, you, some of you guys remember this, and I'm going to read it in the NIV. For our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood. Can we just say it's not against people? It's not against people. But what's it against? It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I, I was preaching the, uh, out of that passage to, um, to a youth camp years and years ago, and, uh, uh, and, I, and, I, and I shared this. Do you know what comes before this famous verse? And in fact, this is the armor of God chapter and all that. Do you know what comes before that? Paul's talking about marriages and parenting and, and uh, relationships with moms and dads and work environments with, uh, I mean, people that you work around and people that are over you and leaders. Like, in other words, he, he just gets done talking about all of our social relationships, especially in the home and all of this, and then he says, our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. I, I, can, I, can I draw the connection for you? <laughs> How much of your issues and lack of peace happen with people? How much of your lack of peace comes because of a parent, even if they're outside the home, even if you're, right, you don't want to pick up the phone because it's your mom or your dad, or, or how, how much of your lack of peace comes uh, in, in the parenting or in the marriage front or in the, or in the workforce or with somebody at church, a person. And Paul's reminding us, hey, this battle that we're in, I know that you think it's with that person. I know that it, it feels like it. In fact, we, our default mode is to, is to be against a person. But can I just tell you, in fact, man, nine times out of ten, in fact, probably 99.9% .9 of the time, there's a spirit at work influencing that situation. It's not the person. It's the spirit behind that that's... There's a little bit of a campfire, and the, the devil's like, oh, here's some gasoline. And we, man, we think it's people, and it's the devil. That's the deception right there, and we all fall into that. We, me, man, if you, if you could lift your hands and your feet, all of us would say we've done it. We've done it. My encouragement to us is could you pause for a minute? When your emotion starts to rise, your heart rate starts to, to, get, to get faster and, and your, your hands start to sweat and your eyes start to get red. Uh, that, that would be possession. But no, your eyes start to get red <laughs> and, and, you're just, and then your voice changes to a deep growl. No, I'm just joking. When, when all of that's happening and you're looking at the person, can I just say pause? Would you realize that there is there, there's an enemy of our souls that wants to bring division. There's an enemy of our souls that wants it to be about that person when it's, when it's really about him. He's just trying to shift blame. <laughs> He's just trying to get your eyes off of what the real battle is and the real battle. Now, man, we, there, there's things that we need to do in relationships. There's like forgiveness. There's like treating people right. How many, that would be a good idea. Do we want to do, do that little Sunday school lesson? Be nice. Say the right words, right? Like, don't be a jerk. I mean, there's all of that stuff that we could, you know, oh, oh, do, we, do people do that? Still, not you guys. But there is, that's kind of like the little campfire. The enemy takes that little thing and pours gasoline on that, and it just becomes 
just becomes huge. So it's about people. It, it's not against, uh, I'm sorry, it's not about people. It's about the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Um, just a, another little thought on this in recognizing the spiritual battle. In Daniel 9, Daniel prays a prayer. And, uh, and he's asking, he's asking for, for God to come and bring breakthrough. And uh, this is Jonathan's sum up version. Daniel 10, we find out that the answer was on its way. In fact, the answer was on its way from the moment Daniel started to pray. Did you guys know that, that God hears your prayers? But it was 21 days. Now, there's times when it's shorter than that and times where it's longer than that. But this is an interesting thing for you to understand is that there is a whole thing going on in the spiritual realm. I, there's a, any of you guys re remember the author Frank Peretti? And he, he wrote some, some spiritual warfare books more in like a novel form, fictional, but, it was, but he was talking about some real, real concepts. I, I've wondered, you know, even in reading some of his books, what if we were able to peel back this physical realm and peer into the spirit? Like, what's really going on? Like, what's the battle really look like? And Daniel kind of gives us a picture of, of the, Daniel's prayer and contending, and then the answer's on its way with a, with a little uh, off-the-shelf messenger angel. Probably, probably private, private first class. Bringing the, bring the scroll, bringing the message, and all of a sudden he runs into um, what the Bible calls the Prince of Persia. A, a dominion, a principality over a region. And if you, if you know anything about military, there's a little bit of a difference between private first class, sir, and, and like the general. And Prince of Persia was, was big dude, big authority, and they were fighting in the spirit. The message, the answer was on its way, and they were fighting in the spirit, and private first class was losing. Losing the battle. Losing the battle. And so who comes to his rescue? Michael the archangel. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and they come and, and do battle, and uh, Michael says, the Lord rebuke you. And the message gets through. But I just want you to know, sometimes you're just like, what's going on? Doesn't he love me anymore? Doesn't he even care? And sometimes, man, it, it, he, he set up these, these rules of free will. He set up the, this government in, in the spirit. And, and guess what? There's times when God wants to do certain things. And yet because of these, these rules and, and regulations that he set up, there's this spiritual warfare act, um, aspect, and, and I mean, I don't know how always to explain it, but I do know this, is that, that there are times when the angels and the demons are fighting for your life, and you prayed three weeks ago, and, it, and it's, man, it's caught up in the spirit. It, there, there's warfare going on. Can I give you some encouragement? Keep praying. Keep pressing in. Don't give up. It, the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And there's been, there's been times where there's been, uh, where I would fall into some of this, uh, just like you, where uh, there'd be ministry opportunities or, or, from in different places that I've been in where I get, just even me, get so frustrated with that person. And my wife has to be, hey, remember what you preached? Like, it's, it's not about people, it's about the Spirit. I'm like, oh, knock it off. 
just let me be mad. Watch this. Here, number two. Be, be aware. I want you to recognize that it's a spiritual battle. And I want you to be aware. Be aware of what you carry. I told you this a few minutes ago. You can't give away what you don't have. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in, what? Perfect peace, whose mind is stayed or steadfast on you, because he trusts in you. There's this aspect of, man, there's a peace that we get to walk, to walk in, that we carry. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Be anxious for how much? Just part of the time? Never. Knock it off. Stop being anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then what? The result is. Peace is always the result of something. The result is peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Conscious awareness of what's in us changes things as we walk into environments. Just being aware of what's in me brings peace to me in the midst of chaos as well as brings peace to the environment I'm in. Part of me releasing peace is just pausing for a moment and being aware of what I carry. I can walk into any environment and bring peace because I carry that. Peace just, uh, maybe you don't like this word, but I like to say peace just oozes out of me as we stay aware of it. Now this isn't a performance thing. It's, it's actually a, a fruit of the Spirit. Do you guys remember Galatians chapter 5? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, what? Peace. It's a fruit. Last time I looked, fruit doesn't try to grow. Right? Fruit doesn't try to grow. It, you, you give it the right environment, you, 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 you water it, whatever. Fruit just happens. It just grows. It's, it, there's never been once a tree that just like, ah, you know, it, it popped out of fruit. Never, never been once. Like, it just, it grows. And so, so, so how do you get peace as a fruit? Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Fruit becomes the byproduct of something else. And it's in this case, peace as a fruit is the byproduct of connectivity to the Holy Spirit. So the more you're in connection, the more you're in the Word, the more you're meditating on His Word and His thoughts, the, the more you are, sp uh, in, in our environment, we talk about speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit, the, the more you are throwing, putting some worship music on in your environment, the, the more that you're just in prayer and contending, presenting your request to God, and all of this stuff is like in this connectivity, that it's just, uh, it, it will happen, peace will come. Because you don't even have to try for it, you, you, you do these certain things of, of sowing in, and watering this plant, the connectivity of the Spirit, peace is a fruit, and it comes. And I love this thought in Matthew 10, verse 13. Jesus sends out his disciples two by two, and he says this, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. 
If not, let your peace return to you. In other words, there's this thought. I don't know exactly how it works. I think it, I think it has to do with awareness, and I think it has to do with declaration with speaking. But as you walk into environments, there's a peace that you carry. It's from him. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's him. But he's in you, and he gives you the supernatural peace. And I, I believe as you walk into to environments and you're aware of that, and you declare peace to a home, peace over your workplace, peace over a relationship, that your peace actually leaves and rests in that place. It's really interesting. Here, here's the, the third thing. The third thing is fight. The third thing is fight. Fight for peace. I want you to fight for peace. First Peter 3.11 says this, let him turn away from evil and do good. And what? what? What's this? Let him seek peace and pursue it. Oh, man, that's been something. That's been something for me in my life. There's been, there's been times when, when my heart's racing and I can't sleep at night and I just want to, and I have to like seek peace and pursue it. There's times when there's relational issues and I have to seek peace and pursue it. Uh, how, is it just me or is it you too that we want to just kind of hope it goes away? Any of you just want to hope it goes away? Oh my goodness, can I just be really encouraging? It, it won't. It won't until you seek peace and pursue it. It won't until you fight for it with the authority that you have and everything that's in you. It doesn't just go away. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, one of my favorite verses on peace, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I've always liked this thought, the ability to create or make peace is directly connected to our identity as sons or daughters of God. As a son or daughter, as, as a Christian, as somebody who's a Christ follower, part of your identity now is that you are a factory that creates peace. You, you get to, that's part of who you are. Now, your factory may not be working right now. Your, your, your workers might be on strike. I don't know. But you have the ability, whether you have operated in it or not, whether you know it or not, whether it's been a while or, or, you, or just today, you have the ability because he says, you can be a peacemaker. You can be a factory that creates peace. So how do I fight for peace? How do I create peace? One is I want to understand the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Now, if you're anything like me, I feel like I throw myself under the bus a couple times today, but it's better than me than you. <laughs> I, it, I, I, I like people, and I like peace, and, and so sometimes there's this, there's this lie that I'll, that I'll believe that if I just keep the peace, it's actually peace. Because somewhere I drink the Kool-Aid that, that uh, the absence of conflict, Right? It's peace. When the Lord taps me on the shoulder and says, wait, I've called you to be a, a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. I've called you to create peace. Yes, sir. Okay. Man, do you know that some wars were fought so there would be peace in an environment? And so he says, Jonathan, I want you to head on into that conflict, whether it be 
talking with a person or whether it be a contending in the spirit or whatever it might be. He's like, he's like, you're not just keeping the peace, son. You're a peacemaker. You get to create peace in environments, Jonathan. I've often defaulted to peacekeeper when I'm called to be a peacemaker. Being a peacemaker often means heading straight into conflict and chaos. Peacemakers bring supernatural answers and resolution. Peacemakers have that awkward conversation that brings restoration. Peacemakers do what's right even when the initial result in the natural doesn't look like peace. Isn't that true? Peacemakers head in, and even if it doesn't look like peace right away, they're like, man, I did, I did my part. I did my part. Now, this isn't, you know, those people that I'm just telling it like it is. That's not that. <laughs> Maybe you're that. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, preach it. I'm just a truth teller. That's not, no, no. A peacemaker is somebody that comes in with the best intentions on both sides and says, like, out of love, hey, let's have this hard conversation right now. Let's do it. Let's talk about this. Let's see where, let's see where I'm wrong. Let's see where, where we can both move and in, in this. Peacemaker is going to be one that, that recognizes, oh, wait a minute, this is a spiritual battle. This is a person that Christ died for. This is a person that Christ loves. This is a spiritual battle. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. A peacemaker goes in with it. They're not just a truth teller. Not just a truth teller, although they tell truth. I remember one time, um, one time there was a person, there was a family member, and I, um, I was there at, at their house and they were going through something just incredible, just a, a mile marker moment, in, intense uh, um, stress and anxiety. In fact, this is one of those, I don't know if you've ever felt uh, like an anxiety attack, um, but this was, and, and, and it, was, um, it, it was that and, and it was demonic. And, uh, um, and so I remember, I remember sitting there holding them, rocking with them, and declaring peace, letting my peace come on them. <laughs> and it would come down, and it would calm down, and there'd be peace. And then a couple hours later, it would come back. And I'd go, and I would hold them and rock with them and declare peace and, and let my peace come on them. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't until they were able to surrender and realize that they were a peacemaker, that they were a factory that creates peace, wasn't able uh, until they could completely surrender and and all of that that um, that that they could sustain peace but i was able to uh, let my peace affect the situation there's a story in the gospels um mark 4 jesus is um asleep (laughs) in a boat there's a storm any of you ever think he's asleep in your storm the disciples did the disciples did Jesus is asleep because there's no storm that affects him that much that he can't sleep he's asleep in the boat the disciples are afraid literally afraid for their lives I've been on that lake I've been on the lake when it's peaceful and the sun's setting and we're singing uh, draw me close to you (laughs) take me back 
that wasn't, it wasn't peaceful then. It was, it was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, don't you even care? Have you said that to him before? Have you been honest with God at points in your life? Don't you even care? And if you could hold him and shake him, you would. <laughs> don't you even care about us? He's like, he's like, what? What's going on? The storm, we're all going to die. And Jesus like gets up and speaks peace to the storm. And the disciples were marveled that even the winds and the waves obey him. And he says something that's really silly to me, but it makes sense when you understand it. He said, oh, you of little faith. And yet they went to the right person, right? Like, in fact, I would call it a picture of prayer where the disciples went to Jesus. Any of you ever gone to Jesus? Help, 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 right? They went to the right person, and I, I, I think it's prayer if we could agree. Maybe if you agree with me that, that they prayed to Jesus. They, they just had him in, in person, and they could shake him awake. And, Jesus, help. And he says, oh, you have little faith, because they had watched for weeks and months miracles and him come through all kinds of ways. I mean, just signs and wonders that, that you'd write stories about. And he says, oh, you have little faith. And this is what he was doing. This is what he was teaching his disciples. He's like, one level of faith is coming to me and saying, help. Another level of faith is recognizing what you carry and speaking to the storm. And in other words, he was saying this, what I just did, calming the winds and the waves, you can do too. Open up your mouth. Declare that the winds and the waves would be still. Let Pastor Kelly and his team come. I'll tell you, what I, what I often do in environments, uh, whether it be one-on-one -on -one or in a place like this, I, I might just say, so what's your peace level right now? What are, the, are, are there any youth in here? Do you, I call it the... the um, the discerno meter. <laughs> I call it the, 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 the peace meter. And, I, and it, like, on, on a scale of one to ten, ten being great peace, one being no peace, like where are you right now? And, I, and, it, and it helps to just know like in, an environment, in this environment, where am I at in my peace? Because he will keep in perfect peace. His mind has stayed on him. And, and then when we get that baseline, it might be, a, you know, someone might say, I'm, a, I'm at a six right now. Well, then we at least know. We know where, where, where to go with this. And all right, we've got a six in peace. Let's watch Holy Spirit show up and bring that to a 10. And we start to pray. We start to declare truth over lies. Lord, come right now. Let your perfect peace, which transcends all understanding, flood their heart and their mind in, in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we just start declaring truth, and you start to see the peace rise, and you realize, wait, wait, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. That's our verse, Romans 16. Under your feet. So I want, you to, I want you to have peace. I really do. I want you to have peace. And, and there might be situations you're going through that are a lack of peace. But you know what? The, the bigger picture here 
is I want you to be someone that God could use to crush Satan under your feet. There's a battle. The God of peace. Can we just invite the God of peace for a minute? The God of peace. And the truth is, is that he is going to soon crush Satan under your feet. He wants to use your feet. He wants to partner with you to bring breakthrough supernaturally in your situation, in your sphere of influence, in your workplace, at your school, in your family, interpersonal relationships, in this church the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Can we stand this morning? And we're going to close with this song and in a few minutes uh, if you'd like, we'll, I'll invite the altar workers up if you'd like to pray for anything. But let's just, uh, let's just give this back to the Lord. Let's worship Him for a minute.